I'm Gerard Di Peralta from Serial 9. And I'm Kevin Peterson from Serial 9. And I'm Ryan Benoit from Dota Logic. And this is Serial Podcast 9. Uh, I feel like we're drastically unprepared for tonight's episode. So we're just going to roll the dice. See, we're winging it. Yeah, we're just fully going for it. But before we do, very important. Uh, A listener reached out to me personally. Uh, It was my mother-in-law. And she asked, hey, she asked a few questions that we could talk about. I was like, all right, some of these are good. And some of them, like, I don't think we could answer without having a guest on. Uh, But the one that she did ask, and I thought each of us might have insight into it. Essentially, how do you take a good picture of a car? Like, why is it that when she tries, if she were to take a picture of a car to send it to me, it always looks like garbage. But when we do it, they don't. So, I mean, maybe when you do it. I mean, I, I think I can maybe take like a mediocre photo of a car, but definitely nothing. You guys both can create engaging content. Like you both do this. Like you take photos of things, I'm like sick. Like people see it and they're engaged with what you're doing. So yeah, I think just because the them hopefully because the content is just so sick. Like mm. I can't take a good photo of my car. You know, we we talked about that previously. So I guess I'll just say the easiest thing for anyone is that probably one take pictures of cool cars. No. Uh, the first things first is most people hold their camera up and then take it down from an angle and taking a photo of a car from that perspective is rarely a great shot. That's why you always see like car dudes squat to take a photo of their car. So yeah. that's just like beginners shit. One Oh one is like perspective. And then you can go into other things. It's like composition and, should the wheel be slightly turned and rule no, the third? No, the wheel should not be slightly yeah. turned. Yeah, I never like the slightly turned wheel either. I love the slightly turned wheel. Only in that, one. That, only hides, in one that hides the fitment. Also, to me, like a slightly turned wheel looks embellished. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, when you when people pose for photos and it looks so fucking like, like deliberate, you know, like, like the, you know, like, Hey, put the car here, turn the wheel a little bit, smile, and fucking cheese, click. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like take a photo that the, of the car and its element doing its thing, and it's and it's sweet. Right, right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You like a, like a candid shot. Like you're not trying, but you're fucking cool. Uh, I get it. I, get I feel that. like it's like the car is doing a little like curtsy when you yeah, turn it yeah. like it's that. A bit, you know? It's like... It's like those you know? old nineties cartoons whenever they drew like hip hop kids and they would always have like their baggy jeans and the one foot like slightly more forward. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. Perspective wise, it was always going up. It's like that. Look, I don't think it's like you always turn the wheel. There is an angle where I'm like, you turn the wheel, and then there's another angle where you don't turn the wheel. That's how I feel about it. You nobody parked with their wheel turned unless you ripped into a parking spot and like jumped out because you're like late, you know what I mean? Like right. I see. You love the reality of it all. What What if you park? What if you parallel parked on a hill in your six speed Celsius and you don't have an e brake, so you have to, so you have to turn the wheel so that if it rolls back, you know it hits the curb and the car doesn't. Well, you have around. to then you have to pull out your uh, steering wheel hub, spare steering wheel hub, and put it in front of the rear wheel so it doesn't roll away like I used to do in my Arista. 
<laughs> I just use a piece of wood that I would I use as a wheel chalk. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, this all like sounds that. real fancy, you guys. <laughs> real big time. I don't know what other advice. I, I mean, like, if you're just a regular person taking a picture, she also did, like, ask, like, what it takes to even, like, start off to get involved in any of this. And I do feel like we kind of covered that, but it's almost like if you're, I feel like Kevin kind of covered it once and it kind of said, like, if you're in it, you're kind of in it. You don't just, like, uh, I don't know if you just wake up one day in your mid-20s or 30s or 40s and you're like, I should be into drifting now. Like, I, you know, we're like, I should be in, like, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's some people who probably are like that where, like, maybe they didn't really know about it, and you know, at, like, yeah. for for the last 20 years. And or maybe like when could... people get into meth or coke or whatever, they're like, oh, I never tried it. It's so good. But, like, maybe somebody's never drifted a car. So they, right. they get a ride in a drift car and they're just like, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world. I don't ever want to stop doing this. Or maybe they wanted to do it the whole time. They just didn't have the means. And, and yeah, now yeah. they're now they're in a place where they do or something. Yeah. She kind of said, like, what do you need to know when you go to an event? Which I was like, You need to know the photographers. I don't know. I think that's like that's a pretty dark that's a like that's a an excellent question, I think. Like for a first yeah, like what you bring to a drift event? Like for a first timer, like what do you need to know? Like going to your first drift event. But like as a, like she's not drifting. Like I think she yeah, I I know as like you, uh, you don't think she wants to. You don't. Well, I don't think she's going to take her Lexus RX out and like slide it around. Well, what about the Aristo? She can take your car out. Uh, I guess she could. That'd be great. I'll, I'll teach your mother-in-law. Gerard will teach you. We'll see who can improve more throughout the course of the day. And then whoever wins gets the car. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I think so. If you're going to your first drift event just as a spectator, is there anything you need to know? Um, just don't don't be screaming the whole time like an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> don't don't take the the spare wrecked tires home as souvenirs yeah yeah that's definitely a good one don't drink too many energy drinks they may be free but don't it's a trap yeah uh blow your nose frequently Mm, yeah what oh because the black yeah 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 all right well we try not to eat at the event unless there's somehow good food there because usually it's crappy track food. oh yeah no i mean that's that's a good thing yeah if you you know maybe bring some food with you because most times the drift event does not have the concession uh what's the best food you've ever had at a track wasn't it at range they had like some gourmet ass burgers honestly i like the track burgers admission they're not good but they're like um they're uh what's the word familiar the uh, at villain villains has a pretty good like trackside food yeah they have these huge like breakfast sausage patties that are they're like massive i've never seen them so big like when i went up there i ordered like three and she's like you want three sausages i was like yeah that seems like kind of like normal for breakfast you know and then she's like okay and then she gives them to me and i'm just like holy shit and she's like yeah that's why i wonder why you ordered three and i'm like all right like (laughs) guess i'm eating all day (laughs) yeah exactly i usually don't even eat when i'm at like like doing the track if i'm like out in the field i don't eat till the end of the day that's healthy it's not the best, but it's how I do it, you guys. I, I mean, I guess, honestly, all the track food times, yeah, it's like where you're there for more than one day. I feel like Formula D sometimes had good food trucks there, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. Never? I want to say, I like, we'd always like, DUI. We'd, like, leave and go get tacos at yeah, Formula yeah. D. DUI, bring your own barbecue and, you know, your whole marinated chicken setup and peppers and roasted potatoes and have a gourmet meal in the tent. Did you do that? 
yeah, I did that. I, I brought Alex Lee and Spencer Hogg, like some like delicious, like homemade food and stuff. And I bought a brand new like hibachi and it was pretty funny. Jesus. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I don't know what the best event food I've ever had. I don't know. Yo, you know, you know what it was? It was that oh. acai bowl in, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Wheeling. <laughs> no, I was going to say King Taco in Orndale, man. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was super good, too. Yeah. Because they had those, like, crazy dark... I don't know if they're carnitas or... Or not carnitas. Uh, someone with the pineapple. Anyways, I don't know, man. That, that shit was pretty good. They had those, like, fried... I don't even remember. It was so long ago, but I just remember King Taco Irwindale was, like, bomb. I think it is a chain. But they were definitely pretty decent for the track. They weren't burgers. I imagine LA would have, yeah, like Irwindale would probably have pretty decent track food. And then you said Grange, like that makes Yeah, Grange had like gourmet burgers. I don't remember Grange Grange at all. Yeah, they were like expensive and they had like, I swear they had like arugula and stuff on the burger. It was like pretty wild. (laughs) Arugula's gourmet. (laughs) Well, like for a burger at a track, I don't know, probably say that compared to like iceberg, a, a slab of iceberg, you know? I'm not ever mad at a slab of iceberg lettuce on a burger. Just say really, really. I don't know. There's something that's that. There's something yeah. familiar about it, you guys. Yeah, spring, spring mix is my preferred choice for never uh, kale. Only if it's a panini, though. But like, yeah, if I'm putting it on a like a you know like on a hoagie bun, yeah, then shredded lettuce. <laughs> um, so now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. I don't know how much this has for legs, but we'll try. I thought that uh, was the meat and potatoes. Yeah, that was the that was my pun that we were talking about food. Uh, honestly, like what we should do is like next next year for Mother's Day, we should just ask our moms questions or have we should have our moms. <laughs> um, it would be really funny. I would love to have Gerard's mom on an episode of Serial Podcast Nine. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, man. All right, uh, the question, and we we this came up in a prior episode, and actually. Like off the cuff, Kevin was kind of like, "That's a full. That could be a full episode." I don't really know how to phrase it, you guys. It's the regrets. Same. It's like not even regrets, though. It's like the could've the could have been's, like the and the should have been. Like choose your own adventure, but you, yeah, yeah. You, and you, it's you like, where adventure? would you be? And so it's a giant hypothetical. So it was like you're you're faced with this choice. But the other thing that I really want to get into uh, is like. Also, based on what you know now, is kind of like, would you almost make that same choice? This sounds a lot like the fads episode, but I don't want it. It's not going to be that. It's more or less like like an, a good question would be, if you knew what you knew right now, we're in like, we're 16, and it was like the year and the prices of all the cars and how everything's developed, what would you choose to be your first car? I just, I don't know if I would have chosen anything different, but I just wouldn't have got rid of anything, that's for sure. Yeah, that's just it, right? Like everything would be worth a ton now. Right. So but you... but I mean r- man, in like 1989, like I could have had the Cressida that I had in whatever it was, like 2009, like with the 1J R154 five lug converted X7, like you could fully have had that car 3 years after it came out if you knew every single thing on how to do it you know and had the money to you know oh you mean like in like 1990 you could have built that five lug x7 
Yeah, because that all of that wild, dude. That's that what was... I mean. All all of that stuff was available. I mean, also in 1990, I'm four years old though, so like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's not. That'd be a little. It's kind, of a, moot, it's kind of a moot point, but no, I remember but... think I kind of remember thinking about that when we built this car. We're like, yeah, like none of this stuff, well, you know, wasn't really around, with you know, or it was around that back like back then. So like. That's kind of like a cool thing to think about that, like, yeah, if you had that knowledge, you could have done that. And like Right. You could have done you but that's the thing. It's like, had you known also what you know now when you were like sixteen, like how much did you buy your eight six for when you bought it? Uh, twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think mine was also like twenty two hundred bucks. Yeah, like I spent probably like six grand on a Mazda MX3 at the time. Like, that's really dumb. Like, if you think now, right? Like, it's. But I mean, also, if you were like a normal ass person, you'd be like, hey, I'm buying this. Like, what year was the Mazda 3? 90. It was a 92. Yeah. So now you're going to tell someone you're buying an 86 Toyota Corolla? Yeah. That's like, okay, like, sweet. That's one of those things, though, where you would have been like, if you knew now, you'd be like, just hold on, wait a little bit. I'm about to blow this shit up. I'm going to be real famous in 20 years. But that's the other thing. It's like, you know, you're going to hold on to like every car you've ever owned for 20 years. To well, the Gerard point just now. said that he would. I mean, I would want to, too. Like, of course, you know, of course. Also, you guys are fully just holding on to every car, except for the Aristo. You guys both dislike Aristo so much, you've found ways to get rid of them. <laughs> that was yeah. a, like a super forced laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cue laugh. I'm trying to see what my cars are worth back. Like, my cars. Holy shit. Oh, that's expensive. <laughs> I, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're no like GTR prices for sure. Right. Um, but yeah. I mean, they're definitely like pretty expensive. I had, okay. So my Cortina, I had a 1969 Ford Cortina wagon. It wasn't a Lotus or anything. Um, but I mean, I feel like any Cortina at this point would probably be worth some money. I, this one says 10 grand. So I mean, that's like kind of average. It's not a special car. A Lotus apparently is only 22 grand. So that's not even expensive. That's nothing compared to a Japanese car. But my Capri, apparently, so I had a 1972 Capri 2.6 RS. Uh, says like 16,000 pounds. So that's like not bad. But I mean, that's still like not that much money. You know what I mean? But I mean, that would have been a cool car to hang on to because that was like an original classic car and didn't do anything to it whereas the cortina i basically serial nine it instantly i you know put a different engine in it and moved the gas tank and like put your defenders and like put dots and seats in it and like you know like everything like it didn't matter if it was a cortina or a Celica or a fucking dots and 710 it was just a shell that carried an engine that you know had some cool stuff on it could have been any car mm-hmm. i kind of miss my te's both TEs, like yeah, yeah. The, the, I just really, really like something about those cars. I like the size and the simplicity, and but yeah, I mean, I got rid of both of them, so I must say something. I don't know. Would you ever go back to it? Uh, I mean, I think I would because at you know, holy I remember shit, po- <laughs> Pinto's worth more than all of them. Go on, <laughs> go on. We were about to have a breakthrough with Kevin. No, I can't remember what I was talking about anymore. Sorry, man. Sorry. I was just. Uh, um, 
But would you have a, another one of your T's? Uh, I think I would now because, yeah, I could just have it as a car that I could drive when I wanted to drive that car. Also, it doesn't have to be the car, you know? Also, maybe can you break that down a bit more for people that maybe don't know what type of car you're talking about? Uh, it's a car from 1979 or, or yeah, through to 82, I believe. You know, it's it's all manual windows. There's no intermittent wiper. The wiper's low or high or off. That's, you know, like you leave the lights on, they stay on. There's no buzzer. There's no automatic off. You know, yeah, it's all manual windows. Like maybe your rear defroster works. Some of them have a, a side mirror on the right. Some of them don't. So it's a Toyota Corolla, I guess. Was, yeah. You really went through the features <laughs> list. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was just trying to say like what kind of car was it? Yeah, I was like, because I think some people might be like TE, like Kevin. Oh, okay, sorry. Of like, I yeah, I thought you meant like you're like you know like that kind of car. What does that kind of car mean? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like that's what that's what that kind no, of car means. I'm breaking it's it like, down for people that are like not yeah up I'm, on the lingo of of like like Paul yeah. Harrison drives a TE with yeah. a Beams engine in it, right? Like that that's uh, it's a Corolla. Yeah, you know, that is that is true. I should be more specific. I'm talking about the TE72, the yeah, the 79 through 82 Toyota Corolla. You we just went full insider baseball on Corollas. (laughs) (laughs) Um but that's another car, right? Like if you think so, it's probably gone up a decent amount in price. Had you bought it when you were a teenager, it'd probably been like how much money, you know? And then that I guess. I, I I mean I bought one as a as a late teenager. I mean, yeah. Um, How much was that? I mean, maybe I was. It was two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and then yeah. the the wagon one that I bought years years later, um, admittedly from a junkyard, was eight hundred dollars. So uh, they were always much cheaper than the A eighty six because they didn't hold. There was no. There's no anime about the, that car, but uh, basically has the same underpinnings and you can put all the A86 running gear on it. They were, yeah, they were really cool. And it also has, instead of a 1.6 liter, it has a 1.8 liter carbureted hemispherical head. Yeah, it's just a sick little car. So you, maybe you wish you would have, but you sold two of them. So you don't really wish you would have held on to it or... That, that's what I mean. I don't mean, I don't know. That $250 one I sold for a hefty profit. And I think selling the, I think selling the wagon allowed me to do something. At the, you know, there's always a reason you had to yeah, sell yeah. the thing, you know, that's the problem. And I mean, also like space. Space is always a premium for us right. in the yes. lower mainland. 12 cars between the two of you, I feel like. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. If we lived in like Texas or like Florida or like I don't know, Saskatchewan, I feel like you would just have enough space to have 40 cars. Got room to, for your boat you know? and your Sea-Doo and your snowmobile and then a truck to tow and your trailer. That's true. I mean, like, space is fine. Like, yes, you would have it outside of the city. Like, like, you would have it outside of the city. So you don't have any other, like, oh, I wish I would have zigged when I zagged. I mean, like, I know that. I mean, yeah, okay, so there's a lot of things. So so when I was young and I was building cars and, and my friends were building cars, I always liked, I mean, I still do it to this day. Honestly, it's kind of weird. Like, 
I like certain cars and I like go and test drive them and I research them and I think they're sick. And then I go and buy like a totally fucking different car. So like I was super into Corollas and I went and looked at like, cause there was all these, like I said, Westwood X Westwood race cars. And I remember looking at this 72 Corolla. It was a mango. I had an 18, uh, no, I had two TG in it. So that was like the JDM, you know, twin cam. And it was a Westwood race car. So it had like all these custom, you know, widened steelies and flares and like fucking racing seats. And it was sick, man. And it was actually only like 3,500 bucks. Um, so then I just bought a Volvo instead because I don't know, I wanted something to be different. Oh no, sorry. I didn't buy, I had the Volvo at the time. I bought a Cortina, which was, uh, I was looking at all these cars and I was like, okay, this is sick. And then I saw this car and I was like, what the fuck is a Cortina? And I'm like, oh, it's a wagon. Like, what the fuck is this thing? It looks sick. And I was like, you know what? And I did all this research on the British Ford engines and, you know, whatever, all this stuff. And I was like, shit, I could be totally sick. Like, yeah, I'm going to be totally different. And I'm just going to like, like you said, zig when I should have zagged and bought the Corolla. I just like, I was like, oh, I'm going to build this Cortina with like this two liter Westwood Pinto race engine and like all this other crap. Nobody had ever done this. And, you know, obviously there was no like parts you could buy. So basically make it the absolute hardest thing possible the only the only easy part was that i just bought the engine out of a westwood race car so that was like literally the only easy part that's pretty great (laughs) yeah yeah you could have had like a and then i wonder you know like obviously there's all these the the point at the end of this episode is like well all the choices you make lead you to where you are now and you know like hypothetically if you bought the corolla you'd be in a different place you know yeah there's a bunch of corollas like i said even even Kevin's talking about TEs. Um, so this funny story was, yeah, I was really into Volvos as a kid. And so I was, you know, had met up with this guy at this shop and I was building this, like, there was this X Westwood race. Well, there was this car that was being built for Westwood and then it closed down. So this was kind of like a money is no object IPD Sweden build from like this really rich, like Iranian guy who basically was just like obsessed with cars and like threw all this money at this like 140 race car and like ATL fuel cell, full cage, wide fenders, like all these obsolete part or like these really obscure parts from like Sweden. And I was supposed to get this car and it was like the best thing since sliced bread, whatever. And then, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with this story. Oh yeah. So as I was basically like, working towards getting this car with this guy who was basically like a fucking con artist i had looked at or talked to this dude about a te that was basically so this dude came from japan uh built this te with all these like rare japanese trd parts and all this shit and then had to go back to japan and needed to sell this car by this certain time and it was 4500 bucks and it was like out of my price range at the time um but I just didn't go look at it because I had, you know, three grand or something. And I was like, well, man, fuck this guy's like not going to sell it for three grand. But it was like crazy. It had like all this suspension and a half cage and like a, a built two TG or whatever. I don't know. It was fucking crazy. And then I see the car at the gas station like a week later and I'm like, oh, hey, that's that car that was in the paper. It had really sick, like widened chrome wheels and it looked rad. And the guy's like, yeah, man, like, fuck, I just bought this thing for 2,500 bucks. Could you believe it? <laughs> the guy had to go to Japan, he had to go back to Japan and like, he couldn't sell it. So I was like, yo, I'll just give you like 2,500. And he was like, okay. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I didn't <laughs> go look at this car 
and I could have had like basically the sickest Corolla at the time. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was my zig when I should have zagged or I could have, you know, I could have had like a car that actually was sick and ran because when we were young, I never had a car that ran. I always had like, quote unquote, the sickest car, but all my friends were driving their cars because I was too busy building it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, I, that's why now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck like what's on the car. I'm just going to drive it. Like if it's half done or like doesn't have 600 horsepower, I just want to drive it. Yes. That's how you get to where you are now. That's the, the lesson you learned as a kid. Uh, Kevin, the original uh, example that set this off was uh, Matt, who was on the motorcycles episode went to go yeah. look at an H6 and you went to go look at an S chassis and you said, imagine what would have happened. What would have happened? I just want you to use your imagination. What do you think would have happened if you bought an S chassis? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my drift career would have gone further. Who knows? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd be into Nissan's. Maybe I'd be super into Nissan's right now. You wouldn't have serial nine. <laughs> yeah probably not just be like why the fuck would you why the fuck would you try to build that sedan (laughs) i mean uh matt matt got into serial nine despite having the 240 yeah and also i had an s13 and i here we are (laughs) like i think it's not it's not the it's not it isn't actually the biggest the biggest jump probably gerard having like running cars when he was a kid would probably have more of an impact on the the butterfly effect of this (laughs) well the funny thing was okay so the funny thing was i I was i would always have a daily so like i had this crazy project car and then i was like okay well i'm just gonna buy this pinto as a daily because it's like kind of sick too and then back then all those mustang two parts existed at the hot rod shop so then of course on the daily you gotta like do the big brakes and do the bushings and do the five lug swap and do all this stuff. And then I was like, man, this fucking car is way better than like any of my friends' cars and this fucking project car that I've like never driven or I've, I just drive around the block with no insurance and do burnouts. And like, that's the extent of my driving of my project car. I also remember like having my Corolla cause I, I just didn't have any space for multiple cars. Like I had to, you know, my, I had to only have the one car. So that was like the car and I had to, you know, anything you got done basically had to be done right away. So you could like drive the car to work and yep. that sort of stuff. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't really fathom people who had a daily. And then eventually I got to that point where, where I had a daily. I mean, you know, it's like, what, what does that really mean? It spent $400 on buying a car and yeah. you, just, you just insure that instead of the the project car, like. The thing with the daily though, is because you spend a lot of time in the car. So like it, it becomes familiar and you, you get memories in it and like you have experiences in it and like, you know, like the project car is cool on paper. It's like having a fucking, a really nice piece of jewelry in a safe in your house. You never fucking wear the thing. So like, who cares? You know what I mean? You maybe have like some shitty watch that you wear and like, it's just always with you because it's cool. And like, that's why like now it's like, the daily is the shit, man. Like the race car is cool and everything, but like, if, if we didn't, if we didn't have this Vancouver bullshit, like, I just have like the craziest daily. Like, I mean, I think that's a pretty common thing. But like, what? yeah, you just daily the race car. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm old enough now that like I maybe don't want a daily a uh, race car, but like the daily has to be a certain level of something, right? 
Yeah, my yeah. you know my race car is barely 400 horsepower and has carpet and no cage. So yeah, exactly. No, it's not even really a race car. Yeah. But if I were to ask you, what do you drive? What's your answer? Me or Kevin? Kevin. It's like, hey, Kevin, uh, what do you drive? Like, I'm a car guy. I just met you. You're like, oh, dope. I've never heard of Kevin at Kevin underscore serial nine. Uh, wh- what do you tell me you drive? Like, hey. I would tell you I have an Alteza. Like, yeah. That's, that's I mean, a- I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell you I have an Echo. You're not going to care about that, <laughs> even though that's what I'm driving currently. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's the funny thing about dailies is like, uh, and I get shit for it. It's like, oh, this is what I was like. People are like, well, what do you drive? I'm like, well, I drive an Aristo. It's like, <laughs> you do don't drive. I drive an Aristo? No, but I own it. And that's your jewelry point, though, Gerard. It's yeah. like, it still carries weight in a conversation to say like, well, this is what I like. Oh, I might say now I daily a forerunner. But when I like daily the Corolla, like a, nine, a 2000 Corolla, I didn't tell people, no, I drive a Corolla. I was like, no, I, I own a, the car you lead with, like the best foot forward yeah. is always I mean, the guess, And that's guess, so many car dudes, though. So many car dudes will never tell you like, yeah, I just like drive a Civic every day, but have, oh, but I got like a, I got like a Mustang that I'm building. It's like, they tell me about the Mustang. They don't tell me about the Civic they drive every day. Yeah, I guess it, throughout my life, um there's been very few years that i've just had like a shitty daily like i've kind of always had like i guess in my opinion it's important to have something that is actually enjoyable as a daily like i would never drive an echo as a daily i would never drive i mean i guess i did drive a camry as a daily but i didn't buy the fucking thing it was like my mom's car that like maybe i didn't have a car at the time and i happened to drive the camry every day but like i'm not spending my hard-earned money on a fucking camera you know what i mean like uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I think the one thing that we've all agreed on on this podcast is to never shit talk Camrys. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. And you don't. The the beauty of the Camry is it's like it's not hard earned money. You know, <laughs> it's seven. Oh, yeah. It's seven hundred dollars. It's seven hundred dollars. It's still seven hundred bucks that you could spend on a different car that's like kind of sicker than the Camry. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Camrys. <laughs> I I would probably spend some amount of money on a Camry, but I wouldn't buy an old shitty Camry. You're very close to getting kicked off the serial podcast nine for shit. If I would buy a Camry, it would buy it would be probably like the latest, not like the, the latest model that I could afford that had the highest horsepower and offered some sort of driving enjoyment. Like the brand new ones that are two tone. No, no, like I don't know. I like those like ninety nine ones in the V six, and you know you could probably put coilovers on it and like some cool wheels or something. But like, anyways, my point is like the daily has to be a certain level because you spend so much fucking time in it. What's the worst daily you've ever had? Me? Yeah. I had a 2001 Civic that was stock and automatic. That's not a certain level, Gerard. I know. I mean, I, I'm telling you, that was like probably a very low point in my life. Oh, I've only ever bought two dailies, I think. I bought an $800 Volkswagen, which was garbage, and it like the head gasket went, and I just threw it in the garbage i was like i don't have time for this i don't want anything to do with this car yeah um and then i bought the forerunner 
but I didn't buy the Corolla and I didn't buy the Avalon. I inherited. Yo, you had an Avalon. Yeah, I didn't know you had an Avalon. Yeah, I daily had an Avalon. My dad Avalon's like a step up from a Camry, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boys. <laughs> yeah, it was like a '97 or a '98. It's just a two-door Camry, isn't it? No, Avalon is a bigger Camry. Oh, that's the Solera I'm picking up. Yeah, that's yeah. My dad bought an Avalon, and then when he bought his Prius, I was just like, "Look, nobody's gonna give you the money that this thing's worth." <laughs> Just let me drive it. And yeah. I drove it and it was yeah, it was great. Like it was what a car. But then I've gotten Jody got into an accident with it. And then that's when we were like, let's get a Celsius. And that's how I ended up. Like I, the Avalon is actually probably part of the reason I started going towards Toyotas. Yo, like this thing feels way better than my 91 Nissan 180SX. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like, oh shit, like this is like comfy and has all this shit in it and then it's like that thing's just a tin can and then i got a celsius and i was like hmm, this thing's very comfy but it's not fun and then the aristo is the uh, amalgamation of all those so yeah that was your worst daily oh, man what was my my worst daily was the volkswagen i guess my best daily would either be the forerunner or the avalon now that i think of it i don't know uh kevin what's your worst daily i'm living it buddy the echo yeah, you fucking love it though. No, man, it's it's literally the worst car I've ever owned. What's your best daily you've ever had? Celsius, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Celsius is a pretty yeah. dope. Celsius, no, man. Like I did, like the yeah, the Celsius once once it was lowered and had the exhaust on it because like when it was lowered without the exhaust, it would just continuously scrape the ground. So once we had once we had done the exhaust, it sounded sick. It was super comfy. You could have a super cool car back then. People didn't really know what to make of it. It had a little bit of camber. That was before it was brown. And yeah, that car then, like, it it felt like, yeah, it felt so sick and super cool. And you could just drive it anywhere. Yeah, that that was probably the best daily. Did you have, what was your race car at the time? That was it. I feel like that was my only cool car at the time. I mean, you might have had the Silver X7 sitting in the shop at that point still. I might have, yeah. But it was like not, you weren't like doing anything because it had already been smashed and we were kind of like humming and hawing whether we should like get it fixed or we were going to sell it or. Yeah, it just didn't really make sense for the com- company to continue making or like developing that chassis. It was like, that was just like a personal thing. So yeah, I think I just sold that car and continued on with the bells here. You stone cold motherfucker. <laughs> just getting rid of just making heartless choice choices Doesn't i mean sense. honestly this, the same thing kind of happened again because it's like i was going to build that you know that uh 171 crown it was going to be my car and you know then i'm just thinking about it I'm like it doesn't make any sense to build this this car that we've already done all the development on and like if i needed to maybe do something more like i have the alteza that already has everything done that is the same like it just kind of doesn't make any sense. So like now, you know, now I'm buying an 18 crown. Like stone cold motherfucker again. So does that mean you have to get rid of both crowns? I mean, I don't, I'd like to keep, I like the crown to be like Gerard's Blit, like a very yeah. nice, well-rounded, competent street car. Whereas, you know, the Altez, the Alt, I don't know. I'm like, maybe the Altez could be there if it had an exhaust, but wasn't pink also. So like, I don't know. No, it <laughs> can't be. That's what I mean. It, it can't be there. So. Yeah, no, you're. It's got racing seats, three spoke chrome wheels. Like, uh, yeah, no, and you'd have to make it so you didn't care about it. 
like but i mean is it is it literally besides the color that cra- much crazier than the than the blit when it has the wheels on well yes i, I think it is just it's just like fender flares and yeah your racing seats yeah. and uh, yeah the blit as it sits right now is kind of like you wouldn't even i don't even like no offense I don't think uh, anyone not in the know would bat an eye at the Blit. The Blit, once it has wheels on it, just looks cool. But it's not like, a, hey, it's still not like, hey, look at me. It's not yeah, like, I kind of think like, that. I mean, I don't really know how much it has to do with the fact that it's a wagon, but it's also just like, like it has stock arrow. And I mean, your, your Alteza has stock arrow, but it also has flares, which I mean, it's kind of a big, there's a big commitment. You've like cut the body, you know what I mean? Like, there's definitive like drift damage on the car or drift, you know, drift <laughs> inflicted wounds. You know, I feel like for me, like a daily has to have like all the lights work, which actually my, I have a taillight out apparently, you know, all the lights work, like there's no dents or scratches that are like, you know, didn't happen by accident in a parking lot or some stupid thing or, you know what I mean? Like, or the fact that the car was just a little bit shitty when you bought it and maybe the wheels, I mean, my wheels are, pretty crazy but they're also like not just because like i feel like you know it could just drive by 80 percent of people and if it wasn't actually like as loud as it is nobody would even fucking look at that car it's also white which is kind of like the most boring basic common color your wheels aren't like shiny three spoke wheels like they don't like if you don't know what you're paying attention if you don't know what you're looking for with your wheels it's kind of like oh yeah okay like yeah Yeah, i think that's kind of the look gerard is going for too it's like a bit of like a frosty look more like a modern look where it looks nice but it's not so like it's in not your in your face none of gerard's stuff is ever like in your face i think we yeah. decided is the point that's yeah. kevin's job is yeah in i'm your in face. your i'm in your face yeah, yeah watch your back yeah you want uh, someone in your face i'm in your face now look at me <laughs> look at me uh <laughs> Yeah, sorry to go back to it. So knowing what you know now, like I can't help but think, and I'm sure I've said this to you guys before, like when I was younger, was there a point where Hakusuka GTRs or like any like old school Skyline was like somewhat attainable? Like, and I just didn't know about it. Like it was like pre me knowing what the price of those cars would be, you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Actually, I have a really good one. I have a really good one. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. You know how many fucking GTRs I had sitting in my in my shop and in my parking lot at one point that like were just abandoned because people couldn't pay the bills to like build the motor that blew up after they brought it over here because they thought like oh it's only a hundred thousand k but like you know what I mean like none of these cars were tuned like hundred thousand k is pretty much the service life of an RB twenty six like spent all their money on this car get it here blows up bring it to my shop. I'm like, Hey, you need a new motor. That's like fucking $6,000. They're like, uh, I don't have that. So I could have just been like, well, shit, let me just buy this for 10 K like, boom, like a totally mint GTR R32. I had like a crazy HKS dog box GTR 700 horsepower drag thing that I could have probably bought for fucking two grand. Cause it just sat in my driveway for months. Like, cause the guy was just like, it didn't run and he didn't want to spend any money on it. And it was like some hybrid bullshit Japanese job that like, you know, like you open the hood and it's just like spaghetti of wiring and hoses and like a giant turbo, but like 
somehow that fucking pile of shit was like incredibly fast, but like, you know, yeah. So I could have bought a bunch of GTRs for basically nothing and just sat on them. That's the Bitcoin story of like every Canadian car guy. It's like my, the the RX-7 guy that I wanted to have on the RX-7 episode He's like has a story where they had a shell of an R32 and they like crushed it with a bobcat or like something. They were just because yeah. like, there were so many that were just fucked up. Yeah, yeah. like you can't just keep a a like immovable fucking four wheel drive car pushing it in and out of the fucking shop all the time. Like it's it sucks. That's what I mean. If you have infinite room, like you'd you'd be a millionaire because you know the. But, there's that that's that old story it's like oh shit like i had i had full a86 struts front brakes like lower control arms tension rods the whole thing basically sold all of that for like 90 dollars. then two years later i'm building the te that has like shitty like one piston two two piece calipers with these tiny rotors and i'm like man like i'm just gonna put all a86 stuff on it and then I have to go out, drive out, meet this guy in Coquitlam and buy it for $250. And it's like, man, like that one year of me selling it cost me like 140 bucks. And that always happens, you know, you sell something so you can buy something else. And then all of a sudden now later you need it. And that's why now I'm just like this, like super crazy hoarder. Like I'm just like refuse to throw anything away. Everything. Mine, you, mine. You always need it. No, you all like, it'll come up. You'll be like. Oh shit! I need a an ABS sensor out of the rear out of a of a ninety of yeah. JZX ninety, and you like some you just need that, and like it's like well shit! Like I threw it away or gave it to someone who was a close friend a year ago, but now I need it right now. Yeah, and I don't have. It's it. funny too. Like we had a pallet of Jay Z stuff sitting, you know, on our fucking shelf for man, like what a decade or some shit. Like all these lost. blown up. Yeah, well, it was like we built a bunch of 1.5Js. So we had, you know, all these 2J NA heads and like 1J turbo bottoms. Like one of them, I swear, had like 40,000K on it. I think, and then we had, you know, a whole bunch of mid sump and rear sump pans, pickups, oil pumps, like the whole nine yards. And like just sold the whole lot for 200 bucks because we're like, fuck, we didn't do with this shit. Like it's been sitting here forever. And then sure enough, what do we need for an oil pan just the other day? like a rear sump or mid sump, you know, solar pan. And we're like, oh, well, we just basically gave that away. So the solution to the problem is just gain infinite amount of space or very good organizational skills. Yeah. Or just like have enough money that you don't ever have to fucking sell anything. There's always like sell something to buy something. It's, it's the worst. It's like you never buy what you want. You always buy what you can get because like, yeah, you just never have enough money. I feel like my last sale was sell something because we have no space. I didn't. Yeah, need to, I, mean, also, I didn't. Like, I didn't need to sell the Aristo, but like I, we just needed the space. Do you regret selling the Aristo yet? No. Yeah, I don't think. Because I never insured the Aristo. I never drove the Aristo. I never got to like have any memories in the Aristo. What was the point of you having the Aristo? You traded that G for it. I got rid of the G thirty five and got the Aristo. Oh, that's not a bad deal, actually because <laughs> g's are the worst um <laughs> uh, you don't ever regret though like you don't i guess you don't there's no part of you that ever wanted like a datsun or anything like that oh man you know how many fucking 510s i looked at 
Like, so you, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I would, I don't know, man. I have this weird sort of thing where I love a bunch of cars, but then I just don't buy them. It's the same thing with the JZX 100. Like I was pining over that car forever. And then I, you know, sort of had the opportunity to get one, I guess. Like it was obviously kind of a bit out of my price range, but I mean, I've had all sorts of fucking cars that are out of my price range. If I really wanted it, I could have got it. But like somehow, you know, I bought an Aristo or, I bought a Verosa or I bought a fucking Blit, like, you know, and I always wanted a 510, but like I bought a Cortina or I bought a Volvo and I bought, you know, like every other car that was so far from that car, maybe just to prove that I could build something that was cooler than the average 510. But at the same time, if I would have had a 510 and I built it, maybe it would have been cooler than every other 510 just like Toyotas or Nissans or S13s or whatever. It's like, I've never had an S13, but like I could definitely build a pretty fucking sick one. And like, I like them a lot, you know? Was there ever a point in your life where you considered having an S, like an S chassis? Like I said, in that 2000s era when we were all the Civics and like I bought a daily again, because my Civic was this massive project car. So I bought a daily, which was an 8086. And then, like I told you, my buddy had that FC 10th anniversary, super nice Turbo 2. And then my other buddy that we built was one of the first, yeah, like first like five lug swapped that I knew of at the time, five lug swapped like S13s. We basically took all S14 shit, including the subframe, which I didn't know actually sort of doesn't really fit, but we we did it, made, made it fit. So, we, you know, it was an S14, S13 uh, hatch that had, you know, five bolt. And at the time it was like pretty cool Japanese wheels. They were Seneca ROMs, like 17, eight, nine, you know, white on white. It was like fucking sick. I remember driving that car and thinking, man, this is like, this is the shit. And then we had built another SR20 uh, coupe, um, you know, same thing, five bolt, crazy wheels, crazy, you know, suspension. And I daily that car for like a week or two. And I was like, man, like this thing's fucking tight. But yeah, at the same time, I just, Never bought it. Never bought one. So I'd always, yeah, like, you have these fucking weird, obscure, like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the 4 by 4 too. It's like, everyone's buying 4Runners and fucking Land Cruise, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, Xterra. Like, yeah, good idea. Like, always, I mean, I don't, like, like, always aim to be, like, different, but clearly, that's how I think. And, like, the fucking QX, same thing. Like, why wouldn't I buy, like, a Sequoia or, like, a a fucking tundra or like even a fucking titan or something you know what i mean it's like no i'm buying the qx it's like yeah okay i feel like you're always about the value though you always are searching for like the best value i find yeah it's because i don't have enough like, money that's why like and that's why like it was like you know the like it was like the pinto and like the cressida and the xterra and now like the g35 and like, yeah. the qx or, or whatever whatever that thing is called yeah exactly the patrol. i guess that's the thing too is like yeah exactly it's like, <laughs> like well, the world i don't know because like it's like when you know like we talked about in the truck thing when you lay it all out it's like ryan you got a pretty good deal on your truck right like i think sure yeah like 6200 or something like that for a forerunner yeah but i feel like honestly today what's that truck worth probably more now yeah i don't feel like exactly i don't feel like the the stretch from like what gerard's truck cost him to like what like a very nice example of your truck is worth is is even that far apart and like 
to me, that's why it's, it, you know, yeah, like and like that's what Gerard is always looking for, and it makes yeah. Sense. And I mean, I guess that's the thing. Look, is look like, what you're look what you're getting versus look what like like someone else is getting. Yeah, and I mean, but that's the thing is like maybe maybe that's the thing that I'm sort of a bit over. Like I want to buy the car that I want to buy instead of buy the car that I to spend X amount of money on a JZX 100 just seems ludicrous to me. It's like, why are you fucking spending $20,000 on a car? That's like, it's a fucking $7,000 car. Like, I mean, I like the car. I, I you know, maybe I'd want to have one one day, but like it takes to me, it takes the like fun out of the fucking thing. It's like, I want to beat my car up. I want to shit kick it. I want to drive it. Like, but now it's like this, this gem that like you, you, you don't really want to do like, I mean, talking to Ashcon the other day, he's like, man, like, yeah, I wanted to go drifting in this car, but like seeing the value now, it just doesn't really make sense. Like I could sell this car, fucking put a down payment on the house and buy a drift car. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. If that, yeah. if that, if that Aristo was a 100, the feelings about putting it into that wall would probably be a lot, be a lot different, you know? And like the amount of work, that you'd be willing to do to fix that car would be a lot different too. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So here's a few things. Uh, one, I'm glad that we finally got, I, I feel like from the get go, I've always wanted you guys to say that 100s are radically overpriced for what they are. And sometimes I really bait you to say it. And like, that's when I get Kevin <laughs> saying the answer. That's like, it's worth whatever someone wants to pay yeah. for it. But I'm glad. No, we but said I, it, that. no, it's happened. It's already said. Uh, no, I, 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 and I still agree with it. It's the same thing. It's like, maybe, you know, maybe the, maybe the R34 GTR is a $90,000 car, but it's not a $250,000 yeah. car. Yeah, no, agree. And like, if you're paying, and if, and if you're paying $250,000, you're not going to drive it like it's a $90,000 car. And yeah. if you're paying fifty thousand for your JZX, you're not going to drive it like it's an eleven thousand dollar car, right? Yeah, treat right. it like it, you know. And and I mean that's the thing, value for value. It's like okay, so my blit was a bit more work, but like I have a JZX, that's a fucking wagon, that like has a six speed, and you know now it's going to have like a standalone and a you know turbo upgrade and you know all this shit, and it's like a fraction of the cost of a one hundred like a fraction and it's like you can't tell me that a fucking r154 equipped like semi clapped out jzx 100 with like give me any fucking brand arrow i don't give a fuck what kind of arrows on it it's not worth 25 grand or it's not you know compared to my my jzx 110 that i mean maybe i'm just a wagon guy but like it has a fucking it's a wagon dude like that's like that's like sick <laughs> You know what I mean? Like a JZX wagon? That's fucking sick. I do love that at the end of the day, it always comes down to how much how much the container can hold. Like, actually, yeah. for Gerard, it's like, <laughs> I can put a bike in the back of this thing. I, mean, that's I carry my BMX around all the fucking time. Before, when I had my Arista, I had to disassemble the bike and put it in the front seat and all sorts of shit. And it's like, now I want to bring a bike, I just chuck it in the back. Fuck sweet. I put wheels in the back. Like, you know, yeah, it, it might handle marginally different than a sedan would i don't know but like i don't give a fuck it's it looks cool and it's and it's practical so bobby hundreds of the hundreds the brand like the street of streetwear brand has a delorean and someone asked him and it was like how often do you drive this this was a few years ago and the answer was like i drive it like once or twice a week 
And when the novelty of driving a DeLorean starts to wear off, I stop driving the car. I never want the novelty to wear off. Yeah, that seems and fair. That's, and that is fair. That's exactly it. Like the novelty of I driving. Really hoped, I really hoped what you were going to say was he drives it from time to time. <laughs> out of time. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm out. Goodbye. I mean, Good night. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like even okay, so I got the blade. It's, it's, it's fairly stock, but I mean, the suspension's pretty aggressive and it's like fucking pretty loud. And I mean, it's definitely like, a novelty car like i do daily it and like obviously maybe everyone's level of you know daily aggressiveness is different and i feel like maybe i can have a fairly aggressive daily but i mean there are definitely times when i'm just like i just want to drive a truck and like fucking d for done turn my brain off take my shoes off and like fucking crank the beats and just glide home you know what i mean like yeah i agree i i feel like there's multiple different cars that have multiple different feelings and you, they have their own sort of harshness or something you know what i yeah. mean like it's it's like when i drive the fire truck it's it's not super loud and it's yeah. you know it's it's just it's just you have to do five gear changes to, to get going 50k yeah and and it's like the it doesn't blow heat in the winter in the morning till i'm already at work like it's not <laughs> warmed up till i'm already at work so like there's those, you know, there's those things where it's that makes me not want to drive it. But then, I, you know, then all of a sudden I'm driving the Alteza and the suspension's really stiff and it's super loud. And it's like, well, that makes me not want to drive that car for those reasons. And like, yeah. you know, there's there's always something. <laughs> That's why it's like, yeah, it's always a fun. And then, then and then you drive the completely normal Camry and you feel it like your soul's getting sucked out. Yeah. And you have no personality. Yeah. <laughs> What did I say about shit talking cameras? You want to be off this podcast? Dude? No, um, that was my issue when I had the Celsius. The Celsius was the only car, and it was fine to drive every day to put in, you know, D for done. And there was a few like headache things about it, but it was fine until I went out with all my car friends and they were doing like rad shit. And then I was like, oh, I just got a sofa on wheels that like. You know, like yeah. when your friends are driving like Skylines <laughs> and S, you know, S chassis and FDs and they're ripping around and you're like, well, I'm just really comfortable right now, you guys. Yeah. Like, it's not. Yo, have you sell my headrest? Like, it's sick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yo, man, and check then, out my sunshade. It goes up and down. Yeah. Who wants a back massage from these rear seats? <laughs> you know, like, it was fine. Like, that was the novelty of that car. It was fine on like the day to day. But yeah, like I, I, so I do get that. It's like you have all these cars for different, different. That's, that's kind of one of the cool things about the QX. And that's like one of the biggest things I love about it is the fact it's fucking fast. So it's like, like, yeah, you want to get in your like comfy, you know, slush box car, but then you hit the gas and it's like, and you're like, oh fuck, like this thing's actually quite exciting. And I guess that's the Nissan aspect. The steering's weighted. It's pretty good, you know, for a truck and it's, you know, it's a seven speed or whatever and it, and it rips and it's like, you can actually still get the excitement of the blit. In fact, I bet you the truck is fucking faster than the blit right now. And it's like infinitely more comfortable and it's just cruisy cruise, put the beats on it's super quiet inside. I mean, I could probably put an exhaust on it and like make it sound cool outside and still be quiet inside, but like, or just not, you know what I mean? But yeah, like if that truck wasn't 
fast, I would love it significantly less, like significantly less. I will say after driving it for a bit, the only real there's like there are the Nissanisms of that thing for sure. Right, like your sun visor has that, like, <laughs> it like falls down. I don't even know how that would have happened in the first place, but yeah, that's like it's a giant piece of shit, and it's like it's so irritating, anyways. Yeah, and like, especially it was like super hot out, yeah. so it like kept doing it. And, um, and then, like, you know, the your shifter, like, the a little bit of like the black plastic has worn off to like yeah, the plastic yeah. underneath, and that. That is the Nissanism of that vehicle, right? Yeah. The only real complaint I actually had about it, though, was just the gas. Like that, at the end of the day, it was just like, <laughs> like the game that I was most occupied with in that thing was like trying to get the best fuel economy <laughs> out of it. You know what's funny? So the funniest part, after I got that truck back, I drove it and I'm like, Yo, what the fuck's wrong with my truck? And then, because I was driving with Alex in the in the car, and I'm like, man, I, I mean, truck feels different. I mean, maybe I just haven't driven it in a while, but like, it wouldn't, like, it would like fucking never downshift, and and I'd like, you know, be 20, 30 percent throttle, and it still wouldn't downshift and stuff. And I guess it just learns after a while. Like, so you probably after after driving it fun for a day or two, probably drove it really conservatively for the rest of the like week and a half or whatever. And I get in, and I'm just like what the fuck's wrong with my truck and then so i just shit kicked it for that night and then now it just feels normal again but yeah i totally just learned the like super slog shifting and like like lugging the engine yeah it was hilarious that is pretty funny no i mean i was driving someone else's truck that was awful on fuel economy so i was like okay i'm gonna be like pretty careful with this and <laughs> not like i didn't need to like you know i wasn't like i'm gonna romp on it like there were points where i was like like i said i i used it to like make that dude in his bmw convertible very mad <laughs> but like, uh yeah all in all like great thing i just like it's honestly it's just that this is the one thing that and it gets me i'm not seeing the forerunners any better it's just like the gas yeah. is not getting cheaper no no it's it's horrendous on gas and i i do admit that my truck particularly is probably worse than a normal example because i think the cats perhaps are a bit clogged but yeah those those vehicles even in their best form are not good on fuel yeah there's always a price to pay right yeah there's no there is no there i don't know what car is fully the happy medium you know like i don't i don't actually Porsche, think there is. Taycan, sport <laughs> we haven't brought that up in a while the it's, wagon it's electric and it's fast as fuck and it looks sick but it's not affordable uh yeah i guess you have to be rich to afford it yeah so you have to be rich to have all to have the good things right like that's the thing. It's like, is that life though? That is actually life. You know yeah. I, mean? I don't want that to be life, but like, that's the, the QX is a good thing. It's comfy. It has all these cool features, but then you're paying for it in gas, you know, like yeah. you're paying for it in fuel and fuel's not getting cheaper. I mean, may, maybe not if it learns and then you drive. Yeah, like that. that's true. I, I mean, the funniest part is like when my wife drives that thing, it gets like, you know, pretty decent, like, you know, better than my fuel economy and i was always arguing like no like when i drive it normal like it gets way better fuel economy but i'm like thinking in my head after that i'm like my normal is clearly not everybody else's normal 
So I can't get fucking any kind of fuel economy out of that thing. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I'm, I'm not surprised by that though. By any means, that you don't get any. Fuel. I don't think I've ever purchased a vehicle based on fuel economy. No, but the Echo is probably really good on it, isn't it? <laughs> like the Echo yeah, no, probably just... outperforms everybody's daily for fuel economy. It's always on my mind. I don't base things on it, but I definitely like. I, I'm cognizant of it, which is. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It is yeah, it what sucks, it is. But like, what? I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, there are things. You can buy a more efficient. Yo, oh, yo, you know, what we could do. We'll do that national don't buy gas day because that'll really help them. You know, because you'll just buy gas the day before or the day after to make up for the don't buy gas day, right? Oh my, God. <laughs> <laughs> my chair broke. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Oh my god! Oh my god! Is it broken? Yeah, the chair is done. Shit! Hello? Oh my god, that was so funny. I watched that whole thing happen. I know. I was like, "What's going on?" He just like fell off the screen. Yeah. That's crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh goddamn! How many more of those chairs do you have? One more, because they and you're on it right in, now. Yeah, and it's already in shambles. Like nobody <laughs> sees me because it's like if you fall on that one tonight, I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting episode. Yo, hey Gerard. Yo. So that Volvo is that, like. The one that you were like, I should have bought the TE. That that guy like screwed you out of that car. You never even got that, right? No, I never got that car. Yeah, the story was. <clears throat> so I don't know how this guy ended up with this car. It was, you know, an Esplanade, Esplanade in North Van, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like a pretty big car district. And obviously, as a teenager, I was like enthralled. I went there one time with my, because I had a Volvo GT at the time, and I got some work done. Because, you know, Volvo shops are kind of weird and, like, you know, obscure. So I go there and there's this dude who's, like, pretty crazy. And this car was sitting at the back of his shop and it was, like, orange. And I remember seeing there's, like, an ATL fuel cell poking out from, like, under the bumper. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, that's a race car that, like, is abandoned, sort of. And so we struck a conversation and we're like, okay, like, I'm like, go and look at it. And, like, it's literally, like, it's, like, looking at a fucking space shuttle to me when I was 16. Like it had like those tubular sway bars with the splines that were like, you know, like race car shit. And like it had seven sets of like widened steelies in 15 and 14 and like slicks. And like, dude, the, the whole cage was TIG welded, which is pretty crazy in itself. And this is like 19, shit, I was 16. This was like 1996 or something, right? The cage was so well done that like it, the top like roll hoop was TIG welded to the fucking roof skin. And like, I don't even know how you do that. Like I, I'm sure Dustin could probably do it, but like it wasn't warped or anything. And the car had been widened. Uh, so the rear fenders were four inch wider per side. But like when you looked at, like you've seen a Volvo, it's literally just like arrow straight. So like if you pop the trunk and look at, you know how when you look at the wheel arches, you could see the orange sort of like tapered piece that they had welded in and the body was just widened at the fenders, like 
I don't know. It was so crazy, dude. And it had like an IPD hood, trunk, fenders, door skins, uh, perspex. Every window was perspex except, except for the fucking, uh, the windshield. And it had those like sliding windows for like the, for like the, those are so sick, right? Those are the sickest. Imagine seeing that as a fucking kid and just being like, I could fucking own that. He's like, yeah, it has no drivetrain, but like we could just put together like a, you know, like a, like a 1.8 liter fucking car, whatever. It probably only have 200 horsepower. I'm like, dude, I'm going to fuck man. I want that car. Had all these spares. Um, so I went there. He's like, yeah, just come and like, you know, we agreed on a price and he's like, just come and like do some work on it and shit. And like, I was like, yeah, I was there every fucking weekend. I'd wash it. And he'd be like, okay, you got to do this and like fucking organize all these parts. So I did that for like four weekends or whatever. And then the fifth weekend I go there and the thing's on a flat deck driving away. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on? And he actually had been arrested uh, for fraud. And I didn't know at the time, but the guy was like a fucking huge drug addict and had like basically taken all these people's money and like was probably going to take my money. And uh, was just basically like embezzling all this fucking money and like, was just a giant piece of shit guy basically and so that car just fizzled out and and yeah i lost out on the te i lost out on like a really sick uh westwood mango that was like really really nice i could have bought any of these fucking really cool cars but like i was saving up for this really special volvo and yeah so that was that was a bit of a bitter end i ended up seeing the car later um like it wasn't even that long ago, maybe like 10 years ago. I remember seeing it downtown. Uh, it wasn't driving, but it was in this like park garage thing. And I talked to this dude and he's like, oh yeah, like it just kind of floated around for a while. And then we kind of put it together. It looked like shit. Cause like the one that got away. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, this chair is going to fucking break. <laughs> it's going, I can feel it. I'm going to sit right on the edge. I'm going to eat shit on this chair, too. Kevin, we've never asked this. Why did you buy the Subaru? <laughs> uh, maybe I was trying to buy the practical car or something. I don't know. I was like, oh, it's a wagon, and it's, like, kind of big. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It was, like, Japanese. I thought it would be cool. It, it, seemed like it, it seemed like it would be good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it, would, it was a good idea at the time. It seems like a weird jump from a dude that like loves Toyotas to be like. I mean, I remember you were like, you were, you needed like a daily. I, I literally sold my X7 daily to someone and was like riding a 70s road bicycle to like work where I would f- basically do physical work all day and then ride it like 15 kilometers or more home. So I was like, man, I just need like any car basically. And in hindsight, I should have just bought the cheapest Toyota I could have bought, and it would have been it would have been fine. Like, but it is what it is, and I learned a lesson. I don't know. There you go, lesson learned. Never buy yeah. a Subaru. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, like I ask all these questions, like, oh, there's no car you would have wanted to buy when you were younger that you couldn't have now, because like I've went through that. I was like, eight six probably would have been. A very inexpensive car but then i would have been a very different person if i would have started in an eight six i think like i think it would have 
vastly changed the way that I look at cars. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have afforded any car with like the hindsight, if you will. You know what I mean? Like you could have, like any of us could have, whatever, an R thirty four, an FD, a Supra. Yeah, you know, if that's what you really wanted at that, and you were willing to hold on to it throughout because you know i don't know i've had i've had corollas i've had aes i've had tes you know i mean the hindsight of it for me is i'd rather probably would have rather knowing what i know now would probably like an 86 would have been a cooler car than a mass mx3 like now knowing that or Uh, having like an old datsun or having like one of those things back then it maybe wouldn't have made sense contextually but then like probably in the long run it would have made sense but uh yeah i guess you don't end up in the same place because we've had that thing where it's like i've said you and gerard are the only two people that i know that have ever escaped corolla isms (laughs) and like i feel like if you have a corolla like if you become a corolla guy it's pretty hard to get away from being a corolla guy so i just but i mean like i mean maybe gerard's Maybe it's a time thing, man, you know, because like I've I've escaped Corollas, but I haven't escaped Toyota and like Gerard's escaped both. Sort of my daily is a Toyota. One of your dailies is a Toyota. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's probably a lot. And I fell out of my chair and now my foot's a little sore, which is weird. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) You have more than $10,000 in the bank. Sorry. I don't have more than $10,000 in the bank. So that does not apply to me. Um, yeah, all well, right. That's why, they're not, that's why they're targeting Gerard with these ads. Gerard, right? yeah, they got the right guy. <laughs> you got more, ten, more than 10,000 cars in your parking lot. <laughs> you got more than 10,000 horsepower in your stable. You, know, you ever drive your car through the Hollywood Hills and think to yourself, I wish I had more than $10,000 in the bank right now? I don't even know what's the theme of this actual episode. We just oh, love it. talk about when it. car guys talk at night. <laughs> yeah. Party line. Party line. You want to talk some shit? So yeah. what's a takeaway? I guess no regrets. Well, me. I feel like I spent a lot of time mulling over all that I could have had. Well, you better just make it not could have, but like make it happen now. All right, here's here's the takeaway, exactly what Gerard just said. Like, you know, instead of wishing what you could have had, just try and make what you have now the best it could be. Hmm. I hear what you're saying, but my takeaway is let's build a fucking time machine. Yeah, yeah. All right, with that. Out of time. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, peace out. Thanks for listening to Serial Podcast 9.